Purdue came through a tough week in the Big Ten with a solid hold on the conference lead, beating Northwestern earlier in the week in overtime in Mackey Arena before going on the road Sunday to topple Wisconsin. Let's break all of that down on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters here with Brian Newbert. Brian, in a moment, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you are doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. Purdue has taken a hold of the Big Ten and now gets a couple of days off before returning home on Saturday to take on Indiana. The Boilermakers coming off a good week, including uh, the victory on Sunday in Madison over Wisconsin. Uh, Brian, a a Purdue game uh, in which, you know, Zach Eady gets 18 and 13. I, I heard some other people be like that. That was a pedestrian game. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, like in comparison to typical, I guess. But you take eighteen and thirteen by most players on any any night. Uh, but Purdue did some other things uh, to get a win on a day when it did not, you know, get the ball to Edie as often. Did not hit three pointers. Uh, it still won the basketball game. Pretty impressive to be able to do that, especially in that environment. Yeah, I, I think it was a game that really. If people didn't know, Purdue's got a really good backcourt before, and if they watch that game, then if they don't realize that now, they're just not paying attention because obviously Braden Smith was great, Lance Jones was awesome, and that was a uh, sneaky great Fletcher game, even though a guy who's probably never not shot a three-pointer in a game in his yeah. life <laughs> didn't even shoot a three-pointer because that tells you the respect he has from opposing defenses and that is something that opens things up. It was a great game for Purdue in terms of playing off one another. The attention that they gave Fletcher Lawyer was really uh, a driving force behind their offensive production. Um, the respect that Braden Smith gets when he makes his, his pull-up jumpers, you know, is a transformative deal for Purdue offensively. But, you know, by and large, uh, it was it was the backcourt that did the heavy lifting, and then Purdue was really good on defense, I thought, too, and uh, got stops when they needed stops, got rebounds when they needed rebounds, um, 
and just played a really good game outside of their normal blueprint. You know, you didn't get yeah. your 25 and uh, 20 or 15 or 20 for media. You didn't make 10 threes like you're pretty accustomed to doing. And um, you just kind of found ways. You made the right plays at the right times and you got a uh, you got a really good win. I think the big difference between last year's Purdue team and this year's Purdue team is the ability to adjust, right? I mean, I I think that Purdue is much better this year at being able to adjust to what the defense is trying to take away. Uh, You know, for instance, I mean, Braden Smith being able to roll off those screens with the ball and, and, you know, routinely hit that uh, 17, 18 footer, you felt like in the first half, if Wisconsin did not make an adjustment there, Smith might go for 30 because the shot's just going to be there every time. Uh, now the Badgers started to do some things differently, I think, to take that away. But Purdue's ability uh, to adjust this year to those things is just so much better than it was a year ago. Yeah, they can um, – what they can do this year is they can – the opponent can – kind of dictate the terms of play and Purdue can beat you however you want to get beat. Uh, that's, uh, you know, probably a big difference in Purdue this year and and Purdue last year. Uh, I think last year, if he didn't have a good game, you know, Purdue was going to have a hard time. Uh, I think that um, this year you got a lot of other guys who can do the heavy lifting on any given night um, and just a lot of different ways they can be productive. I think they're good enough defensively. They're obviously great on the glass. And uh, you can win low-scoring games. You can win high-scoring games. You can – they can beat you with threes. They can beat you in the post. They can beat you in the mid-range. They can beat you in transition. They've just kind of got it all, to be honest with you. Yeah. And um, I don't take saying that lightly, you know. It, but that's what 22 games of – body of work has has kind of shown us yeah you mentioned defense earlier and you know that sort of gets lost I think uh with how good Purdue and how efficient Purdue is offensively but I thought Purdue was better on Sunday defensively especially challenging um challenging with within you know 10 feet and in it just felt like Purdue was was closer to those guys than it had been against Northwestern I know part of the strategy was you know to put Edie on Tyler Wall and you know, Wall ends up getting his 20, but uh, I think Purdue was willing to give up some of those points in an effort to to keep the three-point shooting down for the Badgers. But it was a good defensive game plan, and Purdue executed it well, and I just thought challenged a lot better than they did uh, against the Wildcats earlier in the week. Yeah, they did a really good job in terms of executing their plan defensively. Um, you know, obviously, obviously double-teaming Wall and uh, forcing him baseline, uh, knowing full well that the guy diving in the middle of the lane wasn't going to beat them with runners. Yeah. But then also being on top of Crowell at the rim, whether it was Camden Heidi or Braden Smith, they were always in the right place. And what you ended up doing was Tyler Wall got his 20 and his five assists, but he had to make a lot of little tough kind of up and under deals over Zach Eady to get his 20. To his credit, he made those shots. He's a uh, he's a good player, very Ethan Happish. Yeah. Um, but that's not high percentage offense for most people. Um, so Purdue did a really good job with its help. Purdue did a really good job with its rotations. Purdue did a really good job with everybody on the floor doing what they were supposed to be doing. And Lance Jones did a great job on AJ Store too, keeping him out of the lane. 
Yeah, I thought so as well. I mean, uh, it was it was a good game plan and Purdue executed well. Um, if you're going to start to nitpick something, uh, you know, Purdue's probably got to hit his foul shots. Um, <laughs> I mean, it survived two games here without really being dialed in from the line. You you would suspect though that uh, you know we, we've seen twenty three or four games or whatever it is that uh, Purdue will hit free throws better at times than what it did here over the last two games. Yeah. It's, it, it's also a very good thing when you have Mason Gillis too, um, yeah. you know, because yeah. he, he turned a missed one and one into two points and that was a big two points that a big, a big portion of the game. But yeah, no, I mean, Purdue's the one and one's not been kind to Purdue here the last two games. Um, I can't explain it. It's just, probably the natural ups and downs of college basketball, but you kind of are what your season long percentage says you are. And the season long percentage says Purdue's like a 74% shooting team, something like that. Zach Eadie's a 75% shooter, something like that. I, I think that when you're that big, you know, so much has to go right for you in your delivery, just the slightest little deviation. It's like a cruise ship or a, or a jetliner or something. Everything's got to go perfect for it to operate. I think sometimes there's going to be a natural little up and down there where, you know, some small thing maybe uh, falls out of place and he gets a little bit of a funk. But he has been a little bit streaky at the line. Um, but but he, he has proven he's a very good foul shooter for his size. And I, I wouldn't anticipate this being a thing that endures the rest of the season. You mentioned Mason Gillis earlier. I mean, it's a rare game in which he does not hit a three-pointer, and maybe you know the stats on that. I, I did not look it up. It feels like he hits at least one every game and and maybe a couple. He, I think he was 0 for 3 on Sunday. But that that uh, that series of plays that you mentioned just now might have been the, the plays of the game. I mean, the, the, the rebound off the foul miss, I think the margin right then was only two. Um and and Wisconsin probably would have had its first chance to either get the game tied or maybe take the lead. I'm not sure if they had, not sure if they otherwise had the ball only down two, but they would have had it there. But he got that that rebound. Purdue gets you know two points off the offensive board. I think they got a stop then on the on the other end that he might have been involved with. Maybe he got the rebound there too. But that's a big series. Uh, I mean, it just shows you that that Mason Gillis can affect games and and more than just hitting three point shots. Yeah, and that that layup Chucky Hepburn misses at the end off the turnover, that was all Gillis. That was all Gillis sprinting back on defense, flying vertically, (laughs) you know, uh, in front of Chucky Hepburn and making him miss that shot. And I think Wisconsin got it back. I think Braden Smith stole it back or something like that. And then I think Lance Jones ends up with a run out the other way. I might be misremembering my series of events there, but that was all Mason Gillis creating that play. Otherwise, I think it was a five-point game at the time maybe yeah so if Chucky Hepper makes that layup goes from five to three uh you know and three's a little too close for comfort in that situation when you're up 10 with 54 seconds to go or whatever it was um yeah I mean just a great Mason Gillis game there were a lot of guys in this game who you know didn't jump off the map at you jump yeah. off the tv screen jump off the page I don't know why I said jump off the map I don't know if we're doing cartography here or what, but um, <laughs> yeah, this was a sneaky, great Mason Gillis game. This was a sneaky, great Fletcher lawyer game. And uh, this was a pretty good Caleb first game yeah. for a guy who didn't, who didn't score, uh, you know? So it, it was the proverbial total team effort. I don't know if anybody didn't 
didn't carry their weight in this one. Yeah, and it was a it was a great uh, Ethan Morton week uh, for a guy yeah. who basically had no stats. Like it's just yeah. incredible uh, to to be able to do. I mean, he had a couple of steals against Northwestern, which were which were big uh, in twenty minutes, and then just keeping Boo Booey for the most part out of the lane, uh, especially late in that game. Um, uh, you know, maybe doesn't show up in quite as big a fashion on Sunday, but still, uh, big minutes. Uh, you'd like to see him maybe hit that shot uh, occasionally. You know, he's got a good-looking shot. It's surprising to me sometimes when he misses it because it it looks good. It might be a little bit flat, but it looks like a good shot um, and just hasn't hit him. But he he has been great and was great this week in in his minutes. You know, did what he's supposed to do. Yeah, and that's a sign of a great team. You have a guy who played really well in two games, played his role, and had no stats. I mean, that that's... And he's okay with that, and that that that's what's that's what what's pretty good about this team is that you know I'm sure Mason Gillis would love to be playing more. I'm sure he'd love to be starting. I'm sure he'd love to be getting more shots. But do you see it affecting his effort? Do you see it affecting his energy? Same thing for Ethan Morton. I mean, this is a guy who started a lot of games for a couple of really good teams. Uh, Caleb first started a lot of games for a lot of really good teams. Helped Purdue win a lot of games. You know, that's what, in a lot of ways, makes this team is you have these guys who've accepted, you know, something a little less in the name of winning. And, you know, Purdue's winning at a pretty high level, and it wouldn't be possible if, you know, guys were sitting on the bench grumbling about their playing time or grumbling about their grumbling about their usage or not practicing every day like their starters, you know, things like that. It's, uh, you know, Purdue's got a pretty good thing going here. I keep waiting for the – the O for seven, three turnover Lance Jones game. Um, maybe I should stop fearing that that's coming because he is. I mean, he's just been so good. Uh, I think his instincts are good. Um, you know, he gets that rebound and realizes that he's got an opportunity for a fast break. That play late sort of, you know, helped to put uh, the game away. I think um, you know just his ability to hit a big shot in a big moment is is good. He plays without fear. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's a pretty remarkable uh, development we have seen with him throughout this year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I thought at Southern Illinois last year, he took too many threes. I think he would tell you that. I think he's more of a rhythm shooter than he is a a pure shooter. I think he moves too fast sometimes. He's He shows a lot of the signs of a streaky player. He just doesn't have the streaks. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's – He's been really consistent in his productivity. Obviously, Rutgers was the one game that sticks out as a game where he just didn't make shots, but he affected that game in a lot of other ways. Um, and that that's what, you know, I, I think this might get lost on people because he's made so many shots and he's made so many plays in transition, but what he's doing as a rebounder, what he's doing as a as an on-ball defender, he did a great job on A.J. Storr uh, in that game yesterday. A.J. scores Wisconsin, the leading scorer, uh, has – pro potential I think as, as yeah. a finisher around the rim as a penetrator and I think Lance Jones did a great job on him uh, I went back and watched the game last night I, I think he did a better job than I even realized watching the game live uh, he's just doing so many different things he's really completed that Purdue backcourt he's done a pretty good job you know when he's been that secondary ball handler he's changed Purdue against the press even though the last two games have been kind of adventures yeah. But 
he's kind of the reason Purdue's been really good against the press this season is because Purdue's got that secondary ball handler who can really accelerate, and he hasn't made all that many mistakes against it. Um, I just think he's been a transformative element for Purdue, and I think that, you know, as I said in my postgame stuff last night, is I think Purdue's got three all Big Ten guards on this team, uh, all playing at once. And, you know, if you could – make Trey Kaufman, Ren, and Mason Gillison the one player, you'd have five all Big Ten starters right now. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they've they've been playing well, and for the most part playing uh, consistently well. Each one of them, it's been uh, an impressive run. Purdue now has the benefit, Brian, of having a couple of six-day stretches here in the last month of the season in, in which it does not have a game. Purdue's basically a game or two up. I mean, in total number of games played on on the field in the Big Ten, uh, at least it feels that way. Um, so a little bit of time here before Indiana on Saturday. That's probably not a bad thing. I, I think that, too, if you look at the schedule, I mean, I, I can say this, I guess. I don't know if you agree or not. Purdue certainly wouldn't say this. But if things play out the way you anticipate them playing out, Purdue has at least earned itself a share of the Big Ten title at this point. I mean, the road games are what, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan. and Illinois? Yeah, uh, you know, the Illinois game will be tough, obviously. Uh, but if you know you're looking at Illinois, Wisconsin, at the end of the season there, and if you assume a split and you assume that you win your home games, uh, Purdue put itself. We'll put it this way, at least Purdue put itself in a really good position here over the last month. Yeah, I mean, I, I think after Purdue went in a two game hole there early on, I think, at least to me, and again, this is something I can say that nobody else will say, but like. I thought it was just kind of a matter of time before they caught up to the field and surpassed the field. Yeah. You know, I, I think yesterday was that day. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Purdue who's, is set up here to, to finish pretty strong. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Purdue's playing really well, right? Well, they're, they're, Playing well, they're finding ways to win when they maybe don't play well. But now you get some practice time, yeah. you get some rest time, and you hope you get back to playing your best here. And uh, I think the Big Ten is sketchy, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how much help you can expect from the middle of the pack in terms of beating Wisconsin and Illinois. But that's certainly possible because everybody's beating everybody else this year. Uh, except for Purdue, um, you know, you know, Illinois escaped one yesterday um, against Nebraska on the road at home. I mean, yeah. when when Nebraska hasn't won a road game all year, uh, you know, Minnesota lost or Wisconsin lost at Minnesota. I just yeah. think that you're you've got this all set up here to where you're probably not going to lose at home. And you've got the one game at Illinois left on the road that is that, that is really one of those signature games. Um, I just think you're set up really, really well. And for as advantageous, you know, people have talked about it like, like the Big Ten just starts over, you know, at, at this point in the year and gave Purdue a favorable schedule. No, for as advantageous as the back half of the schedule was, think about how disadvantageous – yeah, the first half of the schedule was, and look where Purdue is coming out of it. They're, you know, they're they're all alone in first place in the Big Ten with all their longest road trips out of the way. 
um, yeah. with Wisconsin on the road, with Indiana on the road out of the way, with Maryland on the road out of the way. It seemed like Purdue, you know, for a while there, it seemed like Purdue hadn't played a home game. Yeah. Because they, it, it feels like they've played more road games than they actually have. Yeah. Yeah, and a little bit of time off doesn't hurt uh, here down the stretch uh, as well. All right, thanks, Brian. Yep, no problem. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.